successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show here at 980 AM KMBZ as well as on iTunes via podcast. And if you're listening online today at GrillNationShow.com, we greatly appreciate it. I'm your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us each and every week here on the Grill Nation show. And as always, uh, I hope you're having a great week and day today. And you can always uh, find me on Twitter, at Jason Grill. Uh, today, uh, first off, before we get to our, our fun show today, I want to thank our partners and supporters who keep this show up and running. Great companies here locally and throughout the region. Title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies, and Ryan Rink. Contributors of the Grill Nation show include... KCADC, the Kansas City Area Development Council. Brian Sarf from True Wealth and Companies, a guest host and honor contributor. And uh, I think once in a while we, we hear from the Rieger and Jay Rieger and Cohen Ryan, maybe. I hope to reconnect with him, and we'll have to get him on the show at some point soon. If you'd like to be a partner and supporter of the Grill Nation show, you can always email me, just jasongrill at gmail.com. Uh, I'd love to get you on board here with the Grill Nation show. Hopefully we'll have... More partners and supporters and contributors as we go through the 2019 year. So on today's show, I'm joined by a uh, a friend and someone who is going to be coming on more frequently, hopefully in 2019, every the last week of every month, uh, to talk about local, national, and state events, current events, political topics, uh, what people are talking about and trending. Uh, we're also going to have some really cool newsmakers on and uh, have a lot of fun. And uh, I'm bringing in now Annie Presley, who uh, her and I worked on uh, Fox 4 together in 2012 as the political commentators of the 2012 presidential election. We started in 2011, I believe, went through the whole primary process, uh, and uh, that was a lot of fun. You served as the Republican talking and I served as the Democrat since then. We've kind of kept in contact. We have a lot of mutual connections. We kind of are in the same uh, friend friendship groups, civic groups. You know what I'm trying to say here. Golf. Mizzou groups, golf groups. And uh, <laughs> we got to talking and we thought, you know what? It'd be kind of fun to uh, get us together on the radio show to talk about uh, current events, right? Current events. Here we are. Here we are. So, Annie, uh, for those of the listeners who don't know about you, tell us about your background. I know you have a fundraising background and you're also a publisher and author these days so talk us through kind of your background and what you bring to the the debate here today and the conversation so i grew up in springfield mo where politics was king and um ended up going to mizzou poli sci major and worked for 30 years as a professional fundraiser mostly in politics and in nonprofit. Mm-hmm. and i got to do a lot of really great activities and meet a lot of really amazing people. You did that on a local and national level, correct? Mostly did federal politics yeah. and the with the local nonprofits. Okay. And you worked with the Bushes, is that right? 
Well, that was kind of my big swan song. I was uh, George W.'s deputy finance director moving to Austin, Texas in April of 99, and I worked all the way through that recount and inaugural in 2001. Mm-hmm. Wow. Pretty, pretty that was, big time. That was pretty exciting, right? That What's was funny amazing. is I was an intern in the White House uh, with Al Gore at the time. Really? So I was, my whole future was changed because of you and that recount. We were standing in the rain <laughs> in Austin, Texas, waiting for the motorcade with the governor to come and, and uh, be congratulated as uh, the next president of the United States. And I guess while he was traveling in the motorcade, Al Gore called and said, never mind, I'm not quitting. And the motorcade turned around and we all went and took showers, went back to the office and started putting people on airplanes to Florida. Mm, yeah, time that quite was. a night. My girlfriend at the time voted for Bush. That was kind of heartbreaking. Good on her. <laughs> so, so you did that, and then also obviously got to know the uh, the late great George H. Bush Senior. George Herbert Walker jo- Bush. George Herbert Walker. So, J- George H. W. Bush. During after after George W. won, uh-huh. he was uh, given the nickname Forty Three because he was the forty third president of the United States, and it was in large part because we couldn't keep him and his dad straight. Mm-hmm. So his dad became forty one. He became 43, and those nicknames stuck. And I did know 41 and Barbara pretty well. I volunteered a lot as an advanced person over the years just because it was fun and they always needed people. Mm -hmm. And many of my clients loved the fact that I had access to all these folks. So I got to volunteer with them mostly and um, became friends with them over the years. That's awesome. Very cool. Uh, For those of people listening that know what advanced does, it's basically the logistics. Everything you see... That happens it's perfect is is planned out for weeks on end with site locations and pipe and drape and the Every, whole nine yards the guest list <laughs> we've I spent, both been involved in that and it's it's uh it's a lot of work a lot of work i spent two weeks doing an advanced day for mrs laura bush and mrs putin in moscow for one day of activities it took us two weeks to get it planned of course we had to have translators Oh, yeah. Very exciting. So you did all that, and then you came back here, and uh, tell us about what happened next. You did some public affairs work, you're involved in government, and then fundraising and whatnot for different people here locally on the nonprofit and political world, and then uh, started writing books. Right. After the presidential, there, there's really nowhere else to go unless you want to do it again. Or move to D.C. And I didn't, I didn't want to do it again. I was actually a volunteer on the 2004 campaign and, and co-chaired the Missouri finance effort, which was a big one. But then I decided to um, continue working as a consultant. And in the process, I met a gal who we decided to write a book. And we did. And so we've now written four books together, mm-hmm. and I have my first children's book coming out in March as well. So mm-hmm. I've seen a copy of it. Very, very it's cute. About dogs. Sam gets adopted. Okay. It's the story of the older black mutt we adopted and changed our lives. And then your other books were about planning, correct? The read this series of guided journals are books that you fill out. Mm-hmm. The first one, read this when I'm dead. You tell about yourself, your stuff, your funeral wishes. Mm-hmm. sold a ton of those mm-hmm. very very helpful very practical leave it for your people the next one read this on our anniversary perfect gift for valentine's day coming up <laughs> and you tell about your how you celebrate what's working what's not working read this on your birthday mm-hmm. this is you one you fill out for a little kid every year on their birthday and then give it to them on their 21st birthday and they'll see um milestones in their lives and favorite it's got a handwritten food. great things to look back on and and for 
for the future with the first book, you know, uh, planning stuff is important and no one does any of that. In no advance one, for the most part, yeah, unless basic, they're really organized. Basically, lots of assets are lost. So the, our books help Very solve that problem. Idea. Very and creative idea. And then the idea. most recent is read this about my house. Mm. And this tends to be everyone's single biggest asset. And you fill that out telling about changes that you've made, renovations, advancements, vendors, paint chip colors, all that sort of thing. There's also a whole section on stories about animals and wow. fun you've had in the house. And um, the realtors really like that as a uh, closing gift. All these books are available at Hallmark stores in the Kansas City area and Rainy Day Books. Very cool. Wow. I got to get all of this. Good. I need to get I a copy. Had I have the first one, <laughs> which I haven't Fill filled out, it out yet. <laughs> but the house one's cool with my new house. I like to put in all this work and it. You're kind of like, wow, let me keep track. What have I done? That's right. So when you go to sell your house, you can't remember the investment you've made in it and you leave money on the table. Also, you can't remember which vendors you liked and you didn't like, and it's very helpful in that regard as well. Okay, we're going to have to check that out. Annie Presley, what's the website for your books, Annie? Readthis.guru. .guru, okay. Right, we are the gurus. We're going to be talking all about current events locally, nationally, on the state level. We're going to have some fun here on the Grill Nation Show. Thanks for listening on 980 AM. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate listening today on 980 AM. Also, if you're joining me at the gym in your car or doing errands or whatever you're doing on iTunes, we greatly appreciate it. And on podcasts as well as at grillnationshow.com where you can find links to all of my shows, my guests, our partners and supporters, and much more information. We always like to hear from you on grillnationshow.com or on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Girl Nation show. I'm joined today by Annie Presley, who uh, this is the first time we've kind of decided to do a local, state, and national current events show. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Annie is on Twitter at Annie Presley. Uh, she uh, defines herself as an author, political strategist, TV talker, Missouri Tiger, bad golfer. That's not true. You're a beach <laughs> lover and a happy wife as well. Uh, Annie, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad to be here. It's great to have you. So we've uh, we've done this in the past on TV. We've been on Ruckus together. We've been on uh, Fox Four. I might have been on a few other topics, but we we kind of grew close through those those debates and those talks. And now we're 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 kind of trying to bring that to radio because we feel like on radio there is no real format these days for current events, kind of just ongoing current events. Yeah. Well, there is. It's more about entertainment, right? There's a handful of things, but we're trying to build all that together here on today's show. And we want to talk about local events first. Uh, we're going to do local first segment. We've got a big mayor's race coming up in 2019. It's kind of been pushed under the rug because of the midterms last year and because of the snowstorms and because of the Chiefs. Those things are, well, snowstorms. We don't know if those are over, but a lot of those things are now over. Uh, and it's kind of becoming to come to the forefront, right? And so you have, what, 10 people running, 10 to 12 people running. It may uh, be as many as 16 now Okay, with people still considering getting in. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But we kind of have our, our group of people. There's six council people running. There's there's uh, a handful of outsiders. Let's talk about kind of where it stands. The election's April 2nd in Kansas City, Missouri. These are notoriously low turnouts. Indeed. Where if somebody, Indeed. If somebody knows your name, you get, I mean, it's like 8 or 9%. 
votes in some of these districts. Well, it's ridiculous. Inter- interestingly, in this race, the uh, candidates have to go uh, stand in line on the day to file, and, and the first person who gets filed is at the top of the ballot. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah. So who is that? Do we know? I don't know yet. Um, I can't remember. I think I may have read it, but I'm not even sure it's been revealed. So whomever, and you can file anywhere. You can go to any courthouse. You can go to the election board. So people spread out all over the city to go and file. But There's a lot of city council people running. We have six of those. Wagner, Taylor, Justice, Lucas, Kennedy, and uh, Jermaine Reed. And then, you know, you have a handful of outsiders like Phil Glenn and Steve Miller. Um, amongst others, Clay Chastain's running again. I mean, there's just all kinds of people running, which is actually a good thing because the last race mayor had no opposition and the low turnout cost us with ballot initiatives and how easy it is to get something on the ballot. Um, but I feel like there's four or five different front runners. Uh, I'm going to put these out for you to, to comment on. Um, in my opinion, you have Jolie Justice, Quentin Lucas, Steve Miller, uh, maybe Scott Wagner, and then potentially a Phil Glenn. So those are the top four to five, I think. And you have your favorites as well. Well, it comes down, in my mind, it comes down to money. Yeah. And Joe Lee has by far raised the most and has the most in the bank at this time. Steve Miller is kind of a light second, and after that it goes downhill pretty but, quickly. But I will say this. Quentin and uh, a couple others have a ton of money on hand from their other stuff, right? And so maybe they didn't raise as much this last quarter, but they still have over $200,000 in the bank they can spend. And so they're going to be competitive. Steve Miller, Quentin, Jolie, you know, Wagner, those people are going to compete. I mean, we're going to have a real race. And now obviously Jolie's tier one front runner, according to everyone that's uh, uh, because of her time in the Senate, because of her time in the city council, because of her connections in the kind of the corridor area. But uh, Steve Miller is the outsider, and Quentin are both smart guys, and they're going to be challengers, too. So it's kind of what's going on nationally now mm-hmm. is uh, the characterization of the shiny new object. Mm-hmm. In this case, Steve Miller would be the quintessential shiny new object coming to a mayoral race out of the blue. And he has Republican and Democrat connections. He does. Um, and he had some great experience at the state level on the Missouri Transportation Board. So he he is not a complete novice, but he's definitely the shiny new object. And then just um, juxtapose him, I'd say, to Jolie, who's the front runner of incumbents. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what it's going to boil down to in my mind. Okay. And you've got Kander's support of Jolie as well, uh, who, who I was supporting when he was in the race, but he's not in there anymore. So there's a lot of good candidates and I've, I've got a chance to work with a lot of these people through my day job and, um, it'll be an interesting race. Well, they're, they're all, all going to be honest. Yeah. They all have great credentials. It's just boiling down to name ID, which is very, very important and cash. So you'll be seeing more signs, more mailers, more billboards here in the near future. We're right. going to keep up to date on that, obviously. And, uh, be following that, uh, it's going to be a close race, and obviously the big shoes to fill. No matter how you feel about Sly James as mayor and what he's done, uh, he is a very strong person on the national stage for Kansas City. I go to a lot of these mayor's conferences, and uh, every mayor knows who he is. Every mayor talks to him. Every mayor knows Kansas City is doing great things. And part of being a mayor of Kansas City is you have to be a cheerleader because you're one vote of 13. It's not a strong mayoral system, so you better put you better keep branding Kansas City and be out there bringing events to Kansas City and telling the story you are the face of kansas city at the national level love it and, and he was a shiny new object you may recall he was he was kind of that outsider but insider because he's involved in a lot of stuff 
civically, I think, and then but but never been elected. So I remember this- meeting Sly at my one of my first uh, trial attorney events when I was a, a young buck trying to raise money as a state legislator. So just for purposes of discussion, we need to say that only two of these will go forward on the primary ballot. So right. it's just nonpartisan. Yep. You're not supposed to be a part of a party and um, only two will advance to the general, which will be like a month or two later. Correct. I think it's in August. No, no, no. It, it's like May, June. I think it's earlier. May well, I guess we got to check on that. We need to check on that. But anyways, <laughs> we'll get to that point. When we get to that point. Uh, Annie, I want to continue on local. We have about four and a half minutes left. Let's touch on the UMKC conservatory. I know that's near and dear to your heart as somebody who likes the arts, but it was supposed to be in downtown in the crossroads. I was all pumped up about this, and then Governor Greitens didn't fund it, the budget. Right. He vetoed the bill that would have established the downtown campus across from the Kauffman Center with a number of very generous gifts that had been mm-hmm. accumulated, and um, it, it was all systems go until that governor decided it wasn't, and they had to scrap it and start over. And I, I'm actually pretty pleased with the decision to keep it on the main campus, what they call the Volcker campus. Mm. But it basically will face the Nelson and just continue that arts corridor there. This being oh, is that where arts. it's going to go? It's across from the Nelson. Mm-hmm. Well, it'll be on campus, mm-hmm. but it basically will face the Nelson. So yes, it's fantastic. It is cool. Downtown is a lot more developed than it was, I think, when they were going to put it there too. Um, it would have been cool to have that downtown campus, but I get the point here, what we're doing here, too. So, Well, they were poised to make it happen. That that wasn't the issue. So now they credit to UMKC and all of its volunteers on this particular project. They have regrounded themselves and found a way to go forward because it's necessary. You know, people don't know that UMKC's performing arts program is, is in the top five in the country mm. and constantly compete with... Um, Yale and others, and so it is. We're in desperate need of new facilities, so this will solve the problem. UMKC is such a huge asset that we need to. As somebody who travels and sees other big cities that are making good charges, they usually have a strong research university in their in their footprint. UMKC hasn't been that, and hopefully, it'll grow and be a dominating force, so Kansas City can produce talent and keep talent here, and and more companies will look to UMKC for uh, for jobs. You know, Governor Parson has been talking a lot about um, how to get workforce ready people. And um, these students at UMKC ideally stay in Kansas City. So engineering is growing. Computing is growing. Our health care program, of course, at Hospital Hill is Mm -hmm. extraordinarily successful. There are lots of great activities going on in at UMKC that people can be very proud of. And hopefully those rules will make the NCAA tournament at some point. Mm. Oh, we're, we're Mizzou people, so we'll, we'll see. We'll keep trying. So, Annie, I want to keep things moving here. This is the part of the show we love. It's moving fast and furious. Uh, Paseo is getting renamed to the MLK Boulevard, right? Junior. Right. MLK Junior Boulevard. Um, this was a very contentious decision. It seemed to me they had to come to a, a final conclusion in the city council, and they voted to approve it while the mayor, I believe, was in Washington, D.C. at the... Uh, U.S. Conference of Mayors Conference. Um, so in about six months, you're going to be seeing new exits. Let's say MLK Junior Boulevard, Martin Luther King. I don't know they have to abbreviate it at some points. But, you know, every time I've been driving down the Paseo or getting off on the highway, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of signs you got to change. What are your thoughts? Well, everybody came out on this kind of up and down and sideways. But the outcome is that I think they need to get state approval. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure they have that lined up. And there are a lot of people in that community who weren't real excited about it. The Paseo is a, 
historic boulevard in Kansas City. There's a lot of Kansas City history there. So I'm hopeful that people embrace the change and are happy about it. I'm not sure it's the best Location. thing to be named after MLK, but it is what it is. It's past now. And one thing, too, I want to mention is, well, I lived in an apartment once up north, and they the brand-new apartment, and they screwed up the um, – the street, like the for the firefighters to come, and like oh. the actual number was like sixty third or sixty fourth or something. It got screwed up. That was a pain in the butt to actually change all of your fine, all everything. You're not if you own a business, you got to change your LLCs, you got to change your, uh, you know, all your billings, you got to change everything, you got to change your driver's license. I mean, it kind of becomes a hassle. So I feel for the people who who do live on the Paseo who have to go through all of those changes to all of their documentation. Sure, even down to your personal stationery and your uh, checkbook. <laughs> your Every single everything thing has, has to, to be changed. changed. Some people forget about that, the actual logistics, not only the signs, but it's all those people on that street, businesses on that street, everyone has to change all of their stuff with the Secretary of State's office, the Driver's Bureau. I mean, it's a lot of stuff. It's, so a, it's, lot. it's a big decision to make that change. I think there was just a lot of pressure to um, have something named after MLK. And um, so that's what we got. That's what we got. We're talking to Annie Presley today on the Grill Nation show. Be right back with more state and national issues. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here on 980 AM KBZ and also on iTunes via podcast and at grillnationshow.com. Appreciate you joining us today. Hopefully you're uh, enjoying the show. We're talking current events, local, state, and national with Annie Presley, who is a author and a uh, TV talker and political strategist. She does it all, right, Annie? <laughs> What's your website again for your books? Read this. Dot guru. Read this dot guru. Check it out. Annie's going to be joining me hopefully here once a month to talk about stuff going on in Kansas City and throughout the country. Let's talk a little national news uh, and current events this week. We we have a, a presidential race that's already kind of taken off in um, in twenty twenty. A lot of people are are jumping in. We'll get to the Missouri, the Democrats and Republicans here in a second. But Howard Schultz, CEO of Starbucks, former CEO of Starbucks, is. Went on 60 Minutes and is, is flirting with um, running for president as an independent. And it's really frustrating people on the left. Is not. Making him nervous, I think. <laughs> Why? Because he was a longtime Democrat. He's donated to many Democrats. He's pulled apart. He One of oh, President Obama's former chief strategists and uh, deputy press secretary has now gone to work for him and is getting tons of backlash, even from people like David Axelrod. Um they believe that if this guy gets in, it will help elect, re-elect Donald Trump. What do you say, Annie, on this whole thing? Well, I understand why they're nervous, because he was a Democrat. And he has legitimate issues. As a youngster, he grew up in the projects. He had a not really nice dad. And he made it. He pulled himself up and made it big. So he's talking about self-funding his whole presidential. And that does make everybody who has to spend so much of their time out fundraising very, very nervous. He's a billionaire. Multi-billionaire. And so some of the talking points against him now you're hearing from the left are, we don't need another billionaire in the White House. No, maybe Trump really isn't a billionaire. We don't know. We've never seen his taxes. We don't know. 
But that's the fear. And you even have people like Michael Bloomberg, who was a Republican, then an independent, now potentially going to run as a Democrat, blasting this. People are blasting this guy from everywhere. Well, he's new, and he's a, he's a shiny new object. This is something that is actually working right now. Donald Trump was sort of a shiny new object, but he had amazing name ID. This guy comes out of nowhere as a shiny new object. But Starbucks, which he started and still owns, is everywhere. I think he's in 70 nations. He's getting backlash, though. People are boycotting Starbucks or saying nasty things to this guy. Frankly, okay, it's as a Democrat, I've always been a moderate Democrat. And I'll tell you what, if if the left, if there's a right, left-wing Democrat on the ticket or a right-wing Donald Trump, I mean, a lot of people I know won't want to vote for either candidate. Exactly the same thing happened in 2016, where people were, now I voted for Hillary, but a lot of people were, I'm not voting for either candidate. So they ended up voting for the third party person. Um, there was a lot of people, at least in my demographics, in my generation, right around 40 years old, who are tired of parties. They're not political people. They think both parties stink. So a guy like this, he might shake, he might be a Ross Pro and kind of shake it up. Although Ross Pro uh, didn't Don't win. even start me on he, Ross Pro. He, he, he did not win one electoral vote, but he did get what, like 17 to 20% of the vote? He wrecked it for 41. My point is, is that there's an appetite for more of this moderate, Let's get along. Let's actually make things happen mindset. There's a consensus that about 40% of the public now kind of considers them some sort of a moderate Republican or a moderate moderate Democrat, which means everybody else is crazy Mm -hmm. on both ends of the spectrum. Totally, totally liberal, totally, totally conservative. So this middle ground is growing, and I think that's what the Starbucks CEO sees is that he can play to that. And you and I are perfect examples of this. I'm a very moderate Republican. You're a very moderate Democrat. And we probably would be attracted to him just because he's going to talk to us in a way that we haven't been spoken to in quite a while. Yeah, it's kind of what, uh, what's his name's doing, uh, Kasich and on the on the right and, and what um, Hickenlooper's doing on the, on, on the left. Um, he's going to decide summer or fall after a book tour. He's going to test the waters. Uh, he's going to go around the country. He's going to do what's necessary. So that'll be interesting to follow. Uh, obviously, the viability of a third-party run is not very likely uh, as far as winning, but maybe this is a sign of things to come in our country. The biggest trick on running as third-party is getting on every ballot. That is a whole machine in and of itself. He can and focus on that, though, instead of having to raise all the money. Certainly. He's got tons he's, of money. He'll have to have... A whole crowd of people get that done. (laughs) He will. Annie Presley is with me. Annie, um, we'll talk if we have any time left in this segment about other candidates in the Democrat and Republican parties. But let's talk about this shutdown and what it means. Uh, Currently, it's over, uh, but there's like a three-week time period that they're going to have to decide. What what do you make about the the shutdown and its effect on um, what's going on throughout the country? Well, it's clear that the president has far less power than he thought. And um, that's part of being new to the business. And it's also clear that Congress is unable to get along. So the victims are basically all the people who either as employees who didn't get a paycheck or coffee shops who didn't have the employees come and buy a cup of coffee and all the services and goods that are contracted to the United States government. The, they are the victims, mm-hmm. and that's we're dealing with that victimhood right now, and it's not pretty. It's not, and what do you think is going to happen in the next three weeks? Well, hopefully. When we air, it'll be about two weeks. Someone 
will actually have a plan that everybody can come to an agreement on. I'm hopeful, but I'm not sure who that is. When you have Pelosi and McConnell running the House in the Senate and the president tweeting, uh, we're just not making a lot of movement here. Mm-hmm. And um, and people on the Democratic side are arguing, you know, you could have done this when you were, you had every party in the House, the Senate, could have got your wall funding, you could have done all these things. Maybe it wouldn't have been exactly what you wanted, but now it's like, wow, he's lost some of his bargaining power. I think it was a rookie mistake for him mm-hmm. to not recognize that it would be harder after he lost the House, which is very common in the first president's midterm, mm-hmm. which he did in typical fashion. And um, so just just kind of a rookie mistake on his part. That goes to the wall argument. Um, that'll be interesting. The, the, obviously, the extremes on this issue really frustrate me as well. You know, one of the things that the president is not doing well and his team is not doing well is actually describing the wall. So I think about, you know, the Great China Wall, which is 10 feet wide and 6 feet tall, and you can ride a bike on top of it. These walls that that are promoted are technologically electronic. They're they're, they're high standards. They're way different than a concrete wall. Mm -hmm. They're see-through. There, and what's happening is no one really understands. They think we're building the Great Wall of China instead <laughs> of the technological. Well, Donald Trump tried to tell everyone he was the most technological. He was the smartest man in the world about technology the other day, and you might have missed it. I must have missed that. I, I'm totally behind I'm that. sure he is. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. I don't, know, I don't know him. I've never met him. I didn't raise money for him because I had already started on the books. But... Um, I have met him. His uh, his method of communication is very challenging. Mm. Mm. What did you think of him? I thought he was uh, lots. This is just superficial things. I didn't have a deep conversation with the guys. You know, shook his head. You saw him. You know, at the, at the airport. Uh, thought he was smaller in real life. I thought mm. he'd be a bigger man, mm. like fat, but he wasn't. He was more stout and big. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. His hair was a little thinner than I thought it'd be, any. Hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. But he was so Donald Trump. I'll tell you what, what he was saying. It was, he was, he was, he was, he was telling us how great we were. I have a friend. I have a number of friends, actually, Dole people and um, Bush people who are in the Trump White House, and they love him. Yeah. They think he's awesome. Yeah, I've heard that, too. So yeah. uh, what we see is something different than what's going on inside. For sure. That's always the case. Um, okay, State of the Union, we're going to skip over that topic. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, presidential race, there's a ton of Democrats filing. To me, I don't feel like I'm squarely in any of their, their camps as far as actually winning the, the actual general election. You have Camilla Harris. You have, gosh, who else? Bernie's going to get in. You have, um, there's so many of them. There may be 20 the, people. Castro, who, you have... Or, the mayor of South Dakota or South uh, Bend, Indiana, who I've met, uh, Pete, Biden, Dr. Mayor Pete, um, Biden's not in yet, though. So well, the people that are in, they don't, they don't, they're not getting me excited. Well, they're Maybe all because I'm a moderate and I believe in winning the election and having someone I can count on that's going to do it. The first activity is to go to the early primary states, New Hampshire, Iowa, South Carolina, and go up and go around and meet people and. Basically, this is this is a process called shopping, mm-hmm. and you basically are shopped by your fundraising team in these different locations to see if people will actually write a check 
And this is where the rubber meets the road in these early activities, because if you don't raise any money there, there's no future on the. On do, you, the do you think that Donald Trump will have a challenge? And is from party? the Republicans? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm sure somebody will. John Kasich, a Mitt Romney, maybe. Certainly, They're not going to run if they can't win, right? No, they, they would be fools and yeah. it doesn't help. Um, so it depends a lot on how Trump does in the next year. This year will make a lot of difference, but there will be people going around looking and talking. And I would say that we're going to get somebody unusual too, like Liz Cheney, maybe, um, or perhaps some of these younger people in the Senate. There's a great guy. I don't think he'd go for it, but he was a great guy in the Senate named John Barrasso from Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he'd challenge him, but certainly he would be a capable president. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. We're going to have a lot of candidates to piece through. A lot of A lot candidates, of Democrats. A lot of Democrats. And uh, I'm just focused on winning. And whether that's an independent or a Democrat, you want to see a Republican win, obviously. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see if any people from your wing of the party challenge the president or not. We'll have a lot to talk about with that. Annie Presley is joining me on the Grill Nation show today. Check her out at Annie Presley on Twitter. Uh, after the break, we're going to talk about state government and state and local issues here on the Grill Nation show. If you've been enjoying the show today, we'll be right back with more Grill Nation. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining me each and every week here on 980 AM uh, on the radio as well as on iTunes uh, via podcast and at our website, grillnationshow.com. Appreciate you connecting with us on Twitter again at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Uh, we've been joined by Annie Presley today. We're, we're doing a show uh, focused on local, national, and state current events. If you have any ideas, thoughts, comments, things you want us to talk about on the show, you can email me at jasongrill at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out to Annie. She's on, she's on social media. She's got an email. She's got a phone number as well. Uh, we want to be upbeat in this conversation and we want to talk about issues that are current and that interest you. So state, local affairs and issues. Missouri has a tax issue, Annie. I don't know much about this yet, uh, but you do. So tell us about it. Well, turns out that when the tax tables were printed for 2019, an error was made in them, and a number of people, taxpayers, are actually being underwithheld for their taxes for this year. Mm. and or, or last year, actually. I misspoke. 2018. So what's going to happen is, on April 15th, when their taxes are due, a lot, a lot of people who are in the habit of getting a refund actually are going to owe. And the state is struggling to figure this out. The revenue for 2018 is down $400 million in the state of Missouri. And this is what has to be made up by the taxpayers because of this printing error in the tax table. That's a lot of money. That's not good. And if you're in the habit of, you know, going on your vacation with your tax refund or paying off a car or whatever, and you end up owing and you just don't know it, it's the surprise element that is just going to be absolutely I brutal. I can't remember the last time I had a tax refund. 
Well, I pay a bunch at the end of the month, at the end of the tax time. Lots of people overwithheld so that they have a kind of a savings plan. Mm-hmm. And even if they did overwithhold this time, they may just come out even and not yeah. owe. Yikes. But those who don't overwithhold are probably going to owe. And regardless, everybody's going to be surprised. When it's you have to sit down and, be if, as a business owner and do your taxes, usually around February because March 15th they're due. Uh, and then April 15th, man, it's just not a fun process. Yeah, I it's hate a getting lot of all work. that stuff ready for the accountant, but um, it's good to do it now when it's cold out, right? Well, suppose, this, fortunately, it's going to be 60s, which stinks here pretty soon. So, um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, we're looking forward to that, but not, not doing our taxes and not getting rebates, right? Well, tax season is never good, but this error caused by the government in their, their printing, whomever. This is the state of Missouri. It's not good. It's the state of Missouri. Kansas is also having tax... Uh, conversations new governor laura kelly uh, one of her big elected topics elected by missouri or by republicans and democrats in kansas talk to us about this kansas is going to have potentially a projected tax increase so sam brownback's uh, brownback the former governor followed by uh lieutenant collier. governor collier mm-hmm. they had this experiment where they reduced the taxes and ended up just emasculating some traditional strongholds including public education and um, infrastructure so laura kelly's searching for ways to solve this problem the state has begun to rebound but they haven't really recovered completely and she's looking for different ways to um get get the state back on track but she's more of a moderate democrat correct she got I republican she support is. so you know i'm i'm assuming she's not gonna raise taxes too much she'll find ways to to carve it up well they'll end up doing something because she ran on that, mm-hmm. but I don't think they have the solution figured out just yet. We'll have to stay tuned for that. And Kansas. again, there are Republicans in her legislature, so yeah. they they should have a lot to look at. Yes, they will. Uh, Annie, one of the talking points that we've seen come out of Topeka, Kansas, is this daylight saving sign being changed, <laughs> which I actually think if it was a national thing, it'd be cool. Well, nationally. Like if every state just said we're not, if the whole government said we're not doing this anymore, um, it'd be cool. But the fact is, as you know, you have borders. Now, you mentioned in show prep that Arizona does this. Tell yes, they that. never, ever agreed to change their time. So Which they, is amazing to me. They have always been on the original, what you'd call standard time. So the states around it, they have different time zones. Yeah, and they change when you spring forward and fall back. Okay, but it um, hasn't really screwed up Arizona. Well, actually, has it? for those cities who are on state lines mm-hmm. and you have a meeting... So let's say you're in Fairway and I'm in Westwood or I'm in uh, Brookside Mm -hmm. and we have a meeting and it's nine o'clock in Brookside and it's 10 o'clock in Fairway. What time's our meeting? You just, you just treat it like, where are we? You're on the Eastern time zone. I'm on the Western time zone. Yeah. Or Or central. Central. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to treat it like that. So, but, but every time you had a meeting in a different state, you'd have to think about what time it is here and there. And honestly, it seems simple, but it won't be. It won't. I mean, it's like calling New York to, or California. Have you have to, to think a, about it. For it to really be implemented, it has to be a, a federal change. A federal change. For the whole country, does it? And the, the reasons they did it, oh, so many years ago, were legitimate at the time. It had to do with lighting and school. Farming. And all that kind. So now, what would it mean if you get rid of it? You lose daylight many times of the year. Like, it, it would get dark at, like, 4 o'clock in some places. Because, well, because And that's not fun. Going home from work when it's dark is worse enough. Plus, you got to get your golfing in the summer, Annie. Well, that's Until 9 o'clock, right? Until 9 o'clock. That's right. <laughs> Annie Presley is with me today. A few minutes left in the show. 
Uh, marijuana, we've been talking about this. State of Missouri is having a, a procurement process right now for medical marijuana for dispensaries and growth uh, operations. Um, this is an issue that's really kind of taken to the forefront. And you had some stats on what it could mean on a federal level as far as financial stats of what it compared to alcohol and, and revenue and tax dollars for the, for this country. What Tell us about that. So medical marijuana is quite different from recreational marijuana. Mm-hmm. If you use medical marijuana, you have to have a doctor who writes a prescription and you have to find a vendor who actually provides that type that's needed. So maybe I would want to go and get migraine medical marijuana. Mm-hmm. So I'd go to my neurologist. They'd have somebody who does it. And you could get it in Missouri for medical purposes. Recreational marijuana is just like booze, basically. You just can go and buy it. And Colorado, Colorado, Washington State has it, yes. Right. New York is kind of getting teed up for it right now. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of money that's moving is amazing in growth, both in the medical side and the recreational side. So right now, the alcohol business is about an $80 billion business. Marijuana in general is being projected in another 20 years as being a $50 billion business. It's, it's really convoluted as a result of the fact that marijuana is not legal nationally. Mm-hmm. These states have gone ahead and made them legal either as recreational or as medical. Mm-hmm. But they can't bank in federal banks because it's illegal. Mm-hmm. So a lot of money is going to Canada and it's banking up there. And there are some state banks who can run it through. It tends to be a cash business, mm-hmm. which is very difficult to move. And um, there's going to have to be some federal legislation. It's going to be all kinds of regulations. Oh, this. my goodness. But yes. I, but I will say this as we close the show. We talked about the national presidential race, and uh, Bloomberg's going to run probably as a Democrat. And he came out against marijuana, which I well, thought was crazy because if I'm a Democrat, uh, if Democrats made that marijuana issue more like Republicans have made guns and all these other wedge issues. I mean, just think of the with the, with the with the popularity of it now. It's becoming more mainstream, kind of like gay marriage did at one point. You could grab onto that issue if you're a Democrat and get a ton of votes. In my opinion, in a primary, you cannot be against it in a primary and win. So I don't Probably know what Bloomberg's not. thinking. So Bloomberg's definitely running. He's definitely running as a Democrat, and he has said he's going to self-fund. And I get a newsletter from his guy every day <laughs> telling me why Bloomberg's the great presidential candidate i think his time has might have passed i think last election cycle might have been his time i, the one I might have to agree with you on that one we'll talk more about that on uh, next month annie presley has joined me today on the grill nation show annie i had a lot of fun today we we, we sprinted through that show but we're going to talk local state and national government of government current events local events fun times fun exciting topics on the grill nation show today i appreciate you joining me Thank you so much. It's I enjoyed it. It's been a lot it. of fun. Yep. We'll see you again next week here on the Grill Nation show. Each and every one of you have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.